The following messages were presented during the Friends of Israel 2009 Prophecy Conferences. It should be noted that a few of our speakers presented their messages with the aid of PowerPoint. A certain future in uncertain times. A certain future in uncertain times. By God's grace, when I uh, came on with the Friends of Israel, they had a program that, that calls for a 401k. Maybe some of you have a 401k. My 401k is now a 101k. Uh, maybe yours isn't, but mine is. It's not the Friends of Israel's fault. It's nobody. Well, I don't know if we could debate that if it's nobody's fault, but uh, the, that, that's a fact. And I'm sure if I polled some of you, you would say that things are very hard, that we are living in uncertain days, and mainly you'd be saying that because of the economic condition. And certainly just about every family is affected by it. We hear it all the time. I was just in a camp in Wisconsin, and uh, prayer time each morning at a family camp, uh, several of the men were requesting prayer because they'd lost their jobs. That's a difficult situation. If you pay attention to the news at all, you know that in Iran, uh, there is uh, talk about nuclear activity as to how far they're advanced. I don't know. It depends who you read. But I do know this, that the nation of Israel feels threatened. A number of Arab countries feel threatened. And if you believe some experts, those of us that live on the East Coast, could begin to feel threatened. We live in uncertain days. There is concern in America about health care reform. Oi, if you, you know, I always thought Jewish people, you know, they say about Jewish people, get two Jewish people together, you get three opinions. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But I must tell you that I have heard a lot of opinions from Christians recent. I was, as I said, in camp, oh man, I would talk to people, meet them, good to know you, and they, it wouldn't take long where they would talk about what's aggravating, how concerned they are about things going on. We live in uncertain times. But isn't it good to know that we have a certain future? Now when I say we have a certain future, that we well, that we encompasses those of us who have trusted Jesus, the Messiah, as our Savior. If you're in Christ, regardless of your current circumstances, difficult as they might be, without, without uh, certainly feeling, feeling the, the, the hurt or the pain or the difficulty that you might be experiencing, those are legitimate things. But we have a certain future. And it's good to know that the Word of God talks about some of these things. When, when we consider the kingdom, a couple things we need to consider first. If you look in your Bibles in Revelation chapter 20, Revelation chapter 20, and if you'll notice on the screen, I have a few verses, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. In those verses, it speaks about a thousand years. 
a thousand years. Now, for those of you who are coming to the conference throughout the week, if you're here now, even just this evening, I can tell you this. We at Friends of Israel read the Bible normally. Normally. Now, what's that mean? Reading the Bible normally means that the words that we read have meaning intrinsic to the words. You can look them up in the dictionary. So, for instance, when it says a thousand years, we at the Friends of Israel believe it's a thousand years. Now, that doesn't mean every Christian person believes that. It's always been striking to me that at Christmas time, Christians who are, and you'll be hearing these terms all the time from various speakers, but but people who hold to a replacement position, that is, they regard the church as Israel today, uh, and others, regard, uh, regard the prophecies concerning Christ literally. Those of us that are dispensational, friends of Israel, we are dispensational, we regard the prophecies concerning the first coming of Christ as literal. So on Christmas, as brothers and sisters in Christ, if we trusted Christ as our Savior, God is not asking us, what's your eschatology to get into heaven? I'd be the first to say that. So we join in unity and we sing these songs of, of his coming as a babe in Bethlehem. But something changes for some of those Christians when it comes to the second coming, when it comes to the future. And so some people regard the Bible normally for Jesus Christ at Christmas, but don't regard the Bible normally when they, cut, when they encounter the word Israel. That's going to be a problem. It's a problem for me. And in those uh, verses, that thousand, some people regard it as an allegory. That is, it really doesn't mean a thousand. Eh, it might be a lot of years. We don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a number, it's a big number, and you move on from there. We regard it as literal, as a literal thousand years. There's some people who say there's no millennium, nothing. Again, we at the Friends of Israel, we believe there's a literal millennium. Not because we're the Friends of Israel, but because the Bible teaches a thousand-year rule. There are some Christians who think we're in the millennium. Oh, evey. I have just acknowledged to you some of the difficulties that we face. And certainly in the millennium, the Bible teaches, we'll talk about it, that Satan is chained for the thousand years. Oh, what a day that will be. But if we're in the kingdom now, he's got an awful long chain. If you want to argue that the kingdom is in your heart, as a, as a Bible believer, I, I don't have an issue. But I have a strong issue if you're arguing that that's the kingdom. Because Jesus made certain promises, and we'll look at them, in the Older Testament text to prophets. And people were looking for that kingdom. We are premillennial. That is, we are, actually, we are pre-trib, premillennial. The church of Jesus Christ, the next event in prophecy is for the church to be taken up. You're going to hear about that throughout the week, and it's going to bless your soul. We're taken up to meet him. Uh, a contract is going to be signed, a treaty 
a reconfirmed or strengthened, and the Antichrist is going to rule seven years, and then at the end of that time when it seems all hope is lost, he's coming again. And you'll be hearing about that, and we praise God for that. Does it matter if all these Christians disagree with each other? There are some Christians that say, you know what, and I was with some of them. Ah, it's too confusing. It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. It, it doesn't matter in terms of if you're saved or not saved. I would agree with that. But there's more to the Christian life than just being saved. Thank God for that. But if you know this song, Majesty, I like the song. Great song. Uh, it's an encouraging song. Worship His Majesty. Kingdom authority. Look. There is no kingdom authority now. The king is seated at the right hand of the Father on high. That's going to be a lot different than when he returns. And by the way, he's not coming to Indiana. Nice state. Great place. Uh, in fact, the way you fixed up this area, those of you who are locals, just a beautiful, welcoming place. He's not coming here. By the way, he's not coming to New York City. Or those of you from California, he's bypassing L.A., He's going to Israel. A literal place at a literal time for a specific purpose, to be king. And so sometimes we sing songs that are good songs, but not necessarily focusing, on, focusing where we need to focus. And this is one of those areas. Let's look at what the Jewish people do. The Jewish people are looking for the kingdom. That is, those Jewish people who are observant. I was raised in an Orthodox home. I was truly looking for the Messiah. I believe when the Messiah came, he would come in power. He would come in glory. He would come in the glory in the sense that he would put down the oppressive nations that, are, that have been belligerent to Israel. By the way, no different than the times in which Jesus ultimately incarnated on the earth. The Jewish people there had a messianic expectancy. They were under Rome. They knew the prophecies of Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7. They knew of the four kingdoms. They knew that was the fourth kingdom. And they knew of a fifth kingdom, a stone cut without hands, that would strike that, uh, that statue down and a mountain would rise up. They were looking for a deliverer. When you read the Gospels, that's, that's what you find. Jesus was disappointing them because he wasn't what they had in mind. But Jewish people were looking for the kingdom. They believed it. And in synagogue, there's a liturgy called Ani Ma'amim. And Ani Ma'amim is 13 principles of faith. And one of those is, from a Jewish point of view, is looking for the Messiah. I believe with perfect faith in the coming of the Messiah, and though he may tarry, nevertheless, I will wait for him every day until he comes. That is a prayer that those who are committed to their Judaism, observant Jewish people, look forward to that. They have a sense of the kingdom. If any of you have ever been to a Passover Seder, you know that at the end of the Seder, in unison, the whole table says, next year, in Jerusalem. The reason? It is the belief that Elijah will come and announce the Messiah, and when the Messiah comes, he will take all the Jewish people to the land to live in the kingdom. A literal, physical 
place. Well, what are the conditions in the kingdom going to be? Well, we know from Revelation chapter 20 that Satan is going to be bound up. Oh, what a day that will be. By the way, uh, Flip Wilson, who is deceased now, those of you who've heard that name, you know that he coined the phrase, the devil made me do it. That's what he said. And I can tell you that when Satan is bound up for a thousand years, that is going to alleviate a lot of problems here on earth. But I can tell you that we attribute some things to Satan that, quite frankly, aren't his fault. He's got enough tsuris, Yiddish, for trouble. He's got enough trouble. You know, in the millennium, there are going to be people born. And when they're born, they're going to be born with the sin nature. And so even though Satan is removed, and even though that's going to make a dramatic difference, there still will be sin in the hearts of people that needs to be dealt with. But in the, in the kingdom, Satan is bound up. He is incapable of deceiving the nations. That will cease. And if you're paying attention at all to, the, to world politics, to the world situation, you probably have a sense of frustration. And the reason is, it seems, how could they think this way? What are they thinking? There is a sense where we believe that they're deluded, that they, they don't get it. They see it, but they don't get it. That sense that you feel, and that I feel, is going to be removed. It's interesting that if, as some Christians believe, that Satan is chained right now, isn't it interesting that, that Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, warns them, warning believers about the devil and the ministry or the, the, the cause that he has, going about looking for anyone who is in Christ, anyone who's thinking about Christ, to move them away. Satan is alive and well and working on planet Earth, and Peter warns the believers about him. We know that the earth is going to respond during the millennium. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 and chapter 11 and verse 9 tells us that the knowledge of the Lord is going to cover the earth as water covers the sea. In the millennium, there is going to be, because of his presence, a knowledge of the living and true God. Everyone will be aware of his presence, even if they don't personally receive him. That's going to be quite a day. The wolf is going to lie down with the lamb. It's going to change the way animals behave. When Jesus Christ returns victoriously and gloriously, it's going to change the way animals relate to one another. It won't just be the wolf with the lamb, it'll be the leopard with the kid and the young lion with fatling together. And the Gentiles, interesting, I think. The Gentiles. You know, Jewish people are a minority. There's about 13 and a half million of us in the earth. About 5.5 million Jewish people in Israel. About 5.2 or 3 million Jewish people in America. It just crossed just a short time ago where there are now more Jewish people in Israel than there are in America. 
And that's, that's interesting as we watch what God is doing. But if you think of 13 million Jewish people compared to the estimates in the United States, just the United States, is that there are about 50 to 70 million people who call themselves evangelicals, okay, Christians. Uh, the Lord knows their hearts. This is just numbers. So you contrast just evangelical Christians in the United States, let alone the world, there are, it's dwarfed com compared to the number of Jewish people. So we're a, we're a remnant, uh, I mean, we're a small amount of people. Then when you talk about Jewish believers, that's even a smaller percentage, very small percentage. But there will be a day, Zechariah chap chapter uh, 8 and verse 23 says, that ten Gentiles, now look, I have to admit, look, I'm part of the body of Christ. I thank God I'm part of the body of Christ. Uh, but it will be good, it's good for me to hear, let's put it that way. It gives, it gives me a smile on my face. There'll be finally a day when the people who have, we've been persecuted, we've been hounded, we've been harangued, we've been, you, you name it, we've gone through it. And some of it certainly self-inflicted. I, I would even give you that. But what a day it's going to be when ten Gentiles are going to grab one Jewish person and say, you know what? Let's go to Jerusalem. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. I want to be with you. That makes me feel kind of good. <laughs> the tables will be turned, so to speak. The millennial kingdom, a real kingdom, where there will be Gentiles, God-fearers, believers, but they're going to look at Israel, look at Jerusalem, look at the Jewish people, and say, I want to be with them. Let me kind of rub up against you. Let me be close to you. You know why? I, some of you have heard this story, but I'll tell it again because I think it's important. I was in Oklahoma. When I was in Oklahoma, I finished a message. I finished the message, came down the stairs, walked up the aisle, and a man came down the aisle, Right after I finished and said, I don't like Jews much. Oh, man. So I said, well, my name's Steve Herzig. Good to meet you. And then I said to him, are you a believer? He said, well, yeah, I, I'm a believer. I said, you've trusted Christ as your Savior. Yeah, yes, I have. I said, well, you've got a problem. What's my problem? Now, I'm in Oklahoma. I do a very bad impression of Southwest dialect, but I did my best. And I said, the problem is, you got a Jew living inside of you. Okay, it's taken you a little while. Now, by the way, if you're here and know Christ today, there's a Jewish person living inside of you. But after I told him that, I then said, deal with it. One thing I hope, if you're here, how many of you are here for the first time? Will you raise your hand if you, welcome, give him a hand, welcome. I hope that by the end of the week, with all the different speakers we have, with the great fellowship that we have, that each one of us will get a sense of how thankful we are for the Jewish people. Look, not because we're the best looking, uh, just look up here. I mean, <laughs> all joking aside, why? Simply because God in His grace chose one people, separated them, 
and made promises to them, not based on them, but based on his name. And as a result, use them to bring the word of God. So you're holding the word of God in your hand, and you got three books that are yours. And I get 63. You get Job, Luke, and Acts, Gentile books. Thank God for them. I get 63. So I think it's safe to say that the book that you hold in your hand, the book of books, 66, are Jewish. But not only that, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Which means that Jesus, the Jewish man, is the Savior, the Jewish Messiah. So if you come up to me and say, you know, I have a Jewish friend, I don't like him. I mean, he's terrible. She's terrible. They're my neighbors, and they're awful people. They're, They're this, they're that. I won't argue. It might be true. But here's what I'll ask. While I admit and would give and grant you that there are some Jewish people, woo, not too good. Have you ever met a Gentile who is woo, not too good? <laughs> How about this one? Are there anybody, is there anybody here who knows a Bible-believing Christian who is woo, not too good? All I'm saying is this. We realize there's going to be a time that Israel is going to be the focal point. And the only reason is because God promised so. That's all. God promised so. Well, Israel's going to be regathered. As you'll uh, listen throughout the week, you're going to hear messages that involve Israel's past. We'll be going in the prophets. You're going to hear current events of what's happening to Israel in the present. And you're going to hear messages related to the future as well. In fact, if you wanted to kind of outline prophecy, that's the way you've got to look at it. God, how did he deal in the past? What was he doing in the past? What's he doing in the present? And what's he going to be doing in the future? And as we think of the millennium, we understand that there will be a time when the Jewish people, after the 70th week of Daniel's complete, when it seems that the whole world is going to be destroyed, The lights are going to be turned out, Matthew chapter 24, and the saints are going to come marching in. And when they do, they'll be behind Jesus on a horse. On a horse! Do you know how to ride a horse? Don't worry. You'll learn. Real quick. You'll be on that horse, ready to go. You'll be behind him. He's going to come and literally come to a place, as we already said. And they will look upon him, that is, the Jewish people, will look upon him whom they've pierced and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son. What a day that's going to be. Romans tells us all Israel will be saved. All Israel who's ever lived? No. All Israel who's alive at that time, when they see him and recognize and fall down in repentance, they will believe. Israel's going to be restored. And when they're restored, it's going to be a glorious period of time. On the earth, a thousand years, there's going to be real joy. The presence of the king will bring joy. There'll be glory. It is his glorious return, and the glory of God, the Shekan, will return, and Jesus will sit on that throne. There will be justice. Oh, justice. If somebody were to say to me, Everybody in America has equal justice. I would say, sadly, I personally don't believe that. 
I'm personally thankful I'm in the United States. I'd rather be here than anywhere else. But our justice system isn't perfect. Our justice system makes mistakes. It's better than any other place on the planet. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. And I defend what we have to the hilt. But I will tell you this. In the millennium, there's no mistakes. In the millennium, there is justice for all. Given by a perfect judge who reigns and rules in righteousness. And peace. I often start off, and I will throughout the week, and say, shalom, peace. We yearn for peace. In Israel, they greet each other with shalom, the word for peace. And yet, they're always living on the edge, not knowing what's going to happen. Since 9-11, we have that sense of uneasiness, being unsure. In the millennium, that won't be there. There'll be real peace real shalom, peace, during that time. Uh, during this period of time, people will experience a long life. Isaiah chapter 65. You could read throughout Isaiah 65. Not only find out that, but there won't be any sickness. Oh, man. Are you hurting right now? I was at family camp, and I haven't played softball in about 15 years. Uh, after that game... See, I have a swollen knuckle. It's either sprained, broken, or something, so my finger's kind of hanging like that. I had legs, muscles in my legs I didn't know, oh, I didn't know existed. Uh, and then my voice is kind of going hoarse from talking all last week. You know what? None of those issues in the millennium. No one's going to be sick. It's going to be a great... If you came in with a walker, look, thank God you came. I admire you for... If you came in with a walker... Praise God that you're here tonight. In the millennium, there won't be any walkers. Praise God for that. It's going to be a different kind of life because the king is there. No weeping. No weeping. No tears that are shed. What a period of time it's going to be. Israel's going to be regathered. Ezekiel chapter 37. Amos chapter 9. Israel's coming back as a nation. Uh, the, Ezekiel 37 tells us they come first in unbelief. We're seeing that happen now. There's going to be a day when God will breathe on them. The Spirit of God, and they will believe. And they will be in the land as believers. What a day that will be. There's a capital in the millennium. It's Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be the capital of the world at that time. The mountain of the Lord is there. The throne is there. It will, it's not there now. It will be there in the millennium. And the temple, which is not there now. You know, there's another temple that's coming. The other temple that's coming sometime probably after the rapture of the church, that temple is a temple that's going to be an abomination. Matthew chapter 24. That's a temple that Jewish people are getting ready for. And the Antichrist is going to set himself up as the ruler, as God, in that temple. That's going to be destroyed in the millennium. Ezekiel chapter 40, a temple such as we've never seen, never built on the earth, is going to be here on the earth where the king will reign from. What a day that will be. By the way, sacrifices back uh, during that period of time. A lot of controversy, but I believe the Bible should be read normally. And so it says there are sacrifices, and so I believe them. They will take place in the millennium. 
They'll be citizens of the kingdom. Tribulation survivors. Those who've been able, by God's grace, to not perish. To not take, they won't take the, um, the mark of the beast. They will believe in the, uh, in the Savior. They will be spared as believers. They will survive and go into the millennium. There will be tribulation martyrs, those who refuse the mark of the beast. And as a result, killed, executed for their faith. They will be in the millennium. Those of you who are here have trusted Christ as your Savior, raptured up to be with Him, gone for that period of seven years, coming back literally, physically with Him, we will be in the millennium. Old Testament saints, in the millennium. What a day! That's God, you know, God is the inventor of diversity. That's a diverse group of people, all together serving the king. The centerpiece of the kingdom is, well, his return is glorious. He comes in the clouds uh, with the trumpet sound. He's riding on a horse. He's got the saints behind him. His feet will touch down on the Mount of Olives. His rule is going to be righteous with the rod of iron, Psalm 2 tells us. He will... He is the branch of righteousness. He gathers the nations for judgment. And the basis of the judgment, very simple. How did you treat my people? Matthew chapter 25. His reign is eternal. He fulfills prophecy. All people, tongues, nations will be under him. And he shall have dominion from sea to sea. Question for you as we close out this first session this morning. Look, I thank God that you're here. The fact that you're here means that you're interested in what is God going to do? What's He doing now? What's He going to do? First question you need to ask. And since I don't know all of you, I'll ask it. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Is there a time in your life that you can look back to and remember? It was then and there. I was convicted by the Spirit of God. I got down on my knees either physically or in my mind's eye and repented and turned to Christ and He saved my soul. If you've done that, you've got a reservation in the kingdom. You've got a reservation for the rapture of the church if you're alive and that happens then. If not, you'll die with your eyes closed here and you'll be absent from the body and present with the Lord, waiting for that time to be reunited with your body gloriously and come back to the earth. I hope that's you, each one of us. So no matter what your condition right now, no matter how discouraged you might be, and there's legitimate reason for many of us to have discouragement, but you know we can rest in Christ, we can trust in Him, and be assured there's hope. He's our blessed hope. Do you know Him? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for the Word and as we sang that first song here this evening, Lord, wonderful words of life, I pray as we read that third verse, sing it together, that you'll encourage us and energize us so that each one of us could have a blessed week together in fellowship as we gather around your word in Jesus' name. Amen.